Hello, and welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you plan an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah Altheiser, the creator of the websites The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World many times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and let's dive in. there. I just got back from a trip to Walt Disney World during which I stayed at Coronado Springs Resort and I had so many thoughts about the resort. I thought it deserved an episode unto itself. So here's the good, the bad, the ugly, everything I have to say about this resort. First of all, it is a moderate resort at Walt Disney World. These are supposed to be middle of the road, affordable resorts that offer still many amenities, but this is going to fall in between the value resorts and the deluxe resorts at Disney. There are four, kind of five moderate resorts, but the four main are Coronado Springs, Caribbean Beach, Port Orleans Riverside, Port Orleans French Quarter, and then there are the cabins at Fort Wilderness. Of all of these, Coronado Springs is the only that has a convention center. Uh, It opened in 1997, and the theme of the resort, it's a little bit all over the place, but I would call it North American Colonial Spanish, and then some Southwestern U.S. thrown in just for fun. Uh, I'm going to talk about the room categories at Coronado Springs. That's the first thing you'll probably encounter if you're looking to book a stay there. So there are standard rooms that have two queens. There are water view rooms. While there's no balconies there, they do look out onto bodies of water. There are preferred rooms, which are closest to the amenities, closest to the food court, the tower and what have you. There are rooms, dedicated rooms with king beds. There are tower rooms. I'm going to talk in depth about the newer Grandestino Tower. So there are rooms in the tower, standard rooms with two queens. There are king rooms. There are water view rooms in the tower. And there are even rooms in the tower that have club access. So there is a club lounge at Coronado Springs, and that is also unique among all the moderates. There are some suites scattered about Coronado Springs as well, but they are ridiculously expensive. I don't know who stays there. I want to mention rack rates, kind of what you would expect to pay at Coronado Springs. Disney advertised the average rate to be about $300 a night. I think that's high. In most times of year, you could get a room for around 200, between 200 and 250 there. In general, at Coronado Springs, rooms are going to have showers instead of bathtubs. And the showers have a really cool drain. I don't know if that's weird to think that. It's the first time I saw a drain that was kind of integrated into the floor of the shower. And I remember thinking it was really cool. The reason for that is this hotel is to appeal to convention goers, which are business travelers. So in business-oriented hotels, you're going to have walk-in showers as a rule instead of bathtubs. Also related to the fact that it's a convention hotel is that the rooms do not have a table with two chairs that you'll find in almost all other Disney resorts. Instead, they have a big desk area with a chair that sits under there where you could work at the desk and then also like a lounge chair, I would call it kind of an armchair in one corner where you'd normally find the table and chairs. So it does present a challenge if you want to eat in the room and say that you're a family (laughs) There's really not a good surface on which to eat in the rooms. And that's, I can't think of another Disney resort that doesn't have the table and chairs. 
So the buildings spread around the grounds have from two to four floors and they do have elevators. This is different than Caribbean Beach. All of the rooms at Caribbean Beach have two floors and they don't have elevators. And that is a rude awakening for people sometimes when they get there and they have a room on the second floor and they have to lug their bags up the stairs. So I want to talk about the pros of the resort first. There are many pros. And then I will talk about the cons and just to give you an overview. So first, it's a gorgeous resort. The design and the architecture are stunning. There's great photo ops around because of it. It's just a really pretty resort. And this was made even more so with the addition of Grand Destino Tower. So this was an expansion to the resort. It opened in July of 2019. It has a 500 some rooms in a tower, obviously. And something interesting about it that I like is that it's the only what's called a destination dispatch elevator at a Disney owned resort. I had to look that up. I had no clue what to call this kind of elevator, but you basically, uh, outside of the elevators, you type in what floor you want to go to, and then it tells you which elevator to take. It'll say elevator B, and you go and file into there. It's so much more efficient. It's the future. It's got to be the future of elevators. So at the top of Grand Destino Tower, you have a fine dining restaurant called Toledo and a lounge kind of on the other side of the building called Dahlia Lounge. And this is steaks and tapas. And wow, it is great. I got to eat there in early 2020. It hadn't been open very long and it was excellent. It is pricey. So I would put it on par with other signature dining at Disney World. I have not eaten anything or had anything to drink in the Dahlia Lounge, but it's gorgeous. Um, this restaurant, Toledo, is beautiful. Um, also notable about the Dahlia Lounge is that you can see Epcot fireworks from the lounge, and that's a special thing at the moderate resorts. You can't see fireworks from any other moderate resorts, so that's something else that sets it apart. It's something that you may not know is that Walt Disney and Salvador Dali had a partnership. They were friends and they together made, worked on an animated short called Destino. That is what the tower is named after. It went unfinished until a few years ago when the Walt Disney Company decided to finish it. And so it's on display constantly on a loop in the lobby of Grand Destino Tower. And the main character in it is named Dahlia, hence the Dahlia Lounge. And the architecture and design in the Grandestino Tower is so beautiful. It will take your breath away when you come in. I think that it really elevated the resort. Before the Grandestino Tower, it was at the bottom of my list of the moderate resorts, and the Grandestino Tower really elevated it. There's a fitness center in the tower that's actually the second fitness center at the resort, and that is something unique among the moderates as well. No other moderate resort has any fitness center. This one has two. <laughs> the other one is found outside of Casitas Building 5, I believe, uh, so it's kind of on the other side of the resort. So you would be convenient to one of them wherever you were staying. There's also a lounge on the ground floor of the tower called Barcelona Lounge. It's open all day. Toledo and Dahlia are just open at five, I think, 4.30 or five every day. So it's just, just in the evenings, but Barcelona Lounge serves coffee in the morning, some light bites, and then it's like a bar at night. It's very beautiful design there. And then the rooms in the tower are 
almost brand new. They're spacious. They have great bathrooms, large bathrooms with two sinks, the nice shower. And it does not feel like a moderate resort at Grand Decina Tower. It definitely feels like a deluxe resort. Now, it is more expensive to stay in the tower rooms. I think undiscounted, it's $100 more a night compared to a standard room. But to me, sometimes that's worth it. You are close to everything when you're in the tower. You can quickly get to food, to the bus. You don't have to hike all over the resort and um, it could be worth it for your stay. Another pro of Coronado Springs is that the standard rooms are the cheapest of all of the moderates. They're all also almost always included in discounts. Some resorts are oftentimes excluded from discounts because demand is high. There are so many rooms at Coronado Springs that they're usually included in discounts and they're usually available. So if you're looking at the last minute and you don't have availability, others, you can almost always get a room at Coronado Springs because it's so big. I've already mentioned some of the amenities that aren't offered at other moderates. And dining is one thing I'm just going to come back to right now because the number of options for dining at Coronado Springs are huge. It doesn't, no other moderate even comes close. And the reason there are so many is because it's a convention resort. So they have to feed a large number of people every day if there's a convention there. So these are all of the dining options at Coronado Springs. You have a large food court which I think they call El Mercado now. You have the Rick's Lounge, which is like a nightclub. I don't know when it opens. I've never been in there. It's not really my scene at Disney World, but that is there across from the food court. You have the Maya Grill, which is a table service Mexican restaurant that um, it generally is at the bottom of the list of any restaurant you'd want to dine in at Walt Disney World. Now, I shouldn't say bad things about it because I have never eaten there. But it generally doesn't get good reviews. It's more of just like to feed convention goers. There's a newer place called Three Bridges Bar and Grill, which I have been to, and it was excellent. It's smaller plates, um, drinks, and it's open seating. It's outside and right in the middle of the body of water there. There is the quick service slash pool bar at the pool which we did eat at on this recent trip. It was really good. And there's Toledo and Dahlia, which I already mentioned, Barcelona Lounge, Rick's Cafe, which is close to the food court, but it is like a bakery and has small, small, like quick bites to grab to eat. And there's a Laguna Bar, which is right outside on the water outside of the food court. So just an astounding number of options for food. Now I'm going to get to the cons of it. It's all very, very expensive way more so than food at other Disney resorts. I'm going to get to that more in a second. <laughs> Let's give a caveat right there. So something else that they used to have at Coronado Springs, which never has reopened after the pandemic, was a hair salon. And that was not offered at any other resort. I don't see it coming back. I don't think there was ever a lot of demand for it. And things got cut. Lots of things got cut and never came back after the pandemic. I don't see that one coming back. (laughs) Um, And then also unique to Coronado Springs are some paid activities. These are things you need a reservation for that you can book 60 days in advance, just like you would book dining. They include a painting class that's offered on certain days of the week, a mosaic art class where you make a Mickey 
head with mosaic stones in it. And I saw that at another resort as well. So that might be an offering overall right now at Walt Disney World. And then something unique is a Sangria University where they teach you at Three Bridges Bar and Grill how to make sangria, kind of the recipe, and then you invent your own sangria and you get to sample their three house sangrias and then make your own. And that seemed like a really fun offering. I can't remember the price. It was maybe 50, 60, $70, somewhere in that range for that. I think I've covered all of my pros. So on to the cons. Since I already mentioned it, let's talk about the price of the food. So that is the one thing I really hate there because if you went to Walt Disney World and you didn't know better, you would think all of the resorts have ridiculously priced food when they do not. So for example, a kid's Mickey waffle breakfast at Coronado Springs was $13. At the other Disney resorts, it's between seven and $8. So almost double the cost there. Similarly, at the pool bar, the kids' meals were $12, $13, $14. At other Disney resorts, they are much more affordable. Our shrimp tacos at the pool bar, it's not a bar, pool quick service, (laughs) were $19. That You would never pay that much for them at another Disney resort. This is all because of the convention is that you know you have a per diem when you're traveling for business with a company and it can be up to that amount. And so convention goers don't care. They're not paying for it anyway. So they can get away with charging that much for food at that resort. But for a regular Disney vacation family, that is a big downside to that resort in my opinion. Another, another con is the size. It is so big that you can easily be a 15 minute walk from the lobby, from the food. And if you didn't know that going in, you could be very disappointed (laughs) with the size of the resort being so far flung. Um, Other moderates are much smaller and more compact, particularly French Quarter, where you're really never more than a five minute walk from the lobby. So that is something to consider if you're looking at it. Now you can mitigate that by booking a preferred room, but even preferred rooms are going to be five to 10 minutes from the lobby, the ones that are farthest away. So don't think you're going to be right on top of things, even with a preferred room. It's just the, the resort is so big. Another thing is the transportation. This is, I consider a con because it's just okay. There are, there's better transportation at the other moderate resorts. Notably, Caribbean Beach has access to the Skyliner, which will take you direct to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. And you don't have to take a bus. You can take a really fun mode of transportation that's actually way faster than the bus. So that is a downside that there's only buses at Coronado Springs. Alternatively, at the Port Orleans resorts, you at least have a boat that will take you to Disney Springs. It's an enjoyable and alternative form of going on buses all the time. So let's talk about the bus situation for a minute at Coronado Springs. There are four stops. So if you get on at the first stop, you have to ride within the resort for three more stops before you head out to the parks. It does pay to know the order of the bus stops. This may change, but it has been this way for years, so I would be shocked if it changed. The first stop that the buses make when they come back from the parks and start dropping people off and picking people up again is the casitas. That's the preferred rooms. Most of the rooms in casitas are preferred rooms. So that is the um, 
first to drop off from the parks and first to pick up to go. Then it loops all the way around the resorts and hits the two other internal bus stops before it goes to the last stop, which is El Centro, which is the bus stop right outside Grand Destino Tower. You can get to it from easily from the food court and the gift shop by going out a door right there to get to the buses or if you're coming from the other direction, out the lobby of Grand Destino and down a little walkway. So the, the reason this is helpful is if you're staying in the preferred rooms, which we were in this last trip, and I've stayed there several times, is that you can make a short walk over to the El Centro buses when you're leaving to go to the parks and be on a direct bar, um, bus to the parks, go straight there. And when you come back, you can get off on the first stop, the Casitas exit and get right off the bus and go right to your room. So you never have to ride the bus around internally in the resort. That's a great reason to stay in preferred rooms or a tower room in Grandestino Tower. So to summarize, I think Coronado Springs has a lot good going on there. Also some definite cons to consider if you're trying to decide if you want to stay there compared to other resorts. 